Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Kiseitze. Baruch Hashem, we are back here in Eretz Yisrael, and we get to start with the parsha with the most mitzvot, 74 mitzvot, one-sixth of, or one-quarter, I think, of, uh, maybe even more, of all mitzvot are in these three parshias of Re'eh, Shoftim, and Kiseitze, jam-packed, um, a major uh, percentage, and now we have the third of the triumvirate of parshios that have many, uh, and that is Kiseitze, if one is bored of a mitzvah, chas v'shalom, just wait a pasuk or two, and uh, you'll get to another one. Uh, but Chazal, of course, go through many of them, talking about the juxtaposition and uh, why the parsha, what's the connection between Yefas Toar and um, and uh, Bechor and uh, Ben Sora Mora, um, among the other mitzvahs as well, tzitzes and uh, shatnes, and many other mitzvahs that are juxtaposed. So let's start off with a thought relating to Ben Sora Umora one of the uh, more unusual um, mitzvos uh, or halachos that we have. Uh, remember the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, uh, according to one opinion at least, that Ben Sora Mora never happened, that never will happen. Nivra, um, and it is there to teach us messages. Drosh V'Kabal we're supposed to learn from it, but it'll, it'll, it would never happen. So the Gemara tells us one detail of the halacha, in Soros number one, is quoted in the Mayana Shal Torah, Mipi meaning the Velt says, the Olam says, they say this thought. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, If one of the parents are deaf, then the child cannot be a ben Sohra not doesn't listen to our voice. And not a cherish. So one second, ask the Mipiyashmua. Uh, is talking about our voice, the parent's voice, the son doesn't listen to. So what does that have to do with the parents not hearing? It's talking about on the son, not on the parents. Right? The coal, it's the it's the voice of the parents, but it's the ears of the son. So what does it mean that because the parents do not hear, so then the child uh, is off the hook? Baram, so the explanation is as follows. Whenever we try to instruct or inspire or uplift the other, the other person is not going to listen. There's no chance unless I'm listening to myself too. If I'm listening to the message that I'm preaching and I hear it and I act in that way, so then there's a chance that the person listening to me will um, also follow suit. Right? If I say, do as I do, not only as I say. But I have to hear myself first, so to speak, and act, and in that way there's a chance. Right, one has to make sure that, right, that's what the, um, that's why in Parshish Kedoshim, the mitzvah is connected and close to because it has to be out of that sense, not talking down to, but I really care about you and therefore I'm going to talk to myself first and I'm going to model the behavior for you. But in Echad HaOrim Chereshu, Veinenu Shomea Ba'atzmo Esasherhu Doresh Bibado, but so to speak, if one of the parents is deaf, not literally deaf, but even just figuratively deaf, and doesn't listen to his own voice, so then, um, so then, um, the, Minahechrech Shiabenenu Shomea. So then it's not really the child's vo- uh, fault. The child doesn't hear, but the parent's not hearing himself. 
or herself. So therefore, it's not the problem purely of the child not listening to the parent's voice. The parent itself, himself is not listening to their own voice. Because the guilt, the fault, is really on the on the parents, at least partially. And therefore, when it says, it doesn't hear our voice. Chazal Darshin? No, no, no. If the mother, if one of the parents, the mother, the father is deaf, what do you mean? It's not about the son. No. But if the parent is not listening to themselves and acting in a way about do as I do, not just as I say, so then there's an extra, um, withholding of, uh, of a message from the, from the child that it's not totally the child's fault, and therefore the child will not, will not be a Ben Mora. As we just wrote on line 10, Mikivan Shamratari, Nenashomeba Kalenu, Machmas Shisuso Verishuso, Hare Mashabizesha, Rimatsma Menam Kharashim. They listen. Because if they wouldn't be listening, Amali Hokarashinu, Matsmamayo Mustagan Biosher, if they wouldn't be following, then Lohaya Enenoshomea Alaben, but it would be on the parents. And that's the message that we all know that the only way to educate is to uh, model. It's a model and to, to, to show in action and not just in words that applies to teachers, that applies to parents, that applies to employers, um, anyone who wants to model a behavior, obviously they can't be deaf to their own message. Um, they have to make sure they hear it and then others might hear it um, as well. Okay, so that gets us started with the, we try to be Doresh Vakabal Schar, uh, according to that opinion that it never occurred, and now we can get back to the beginning of the parsha, uh, and that is kiseitzi la melchama alayvecha. We have one again, a number of very lamaisa parshios and mitzvahs in the in the parsha, and some very not lamaisa in terms of lamaisa, but in terms of messages lamaisa. Obviously, everyone. And the parsha starts off kiseitzi la melchama alayvecha. When we go out to war on our enemy, unesano hashem alkecha biyadecha v'shavisa shivyo, and we take captives, we have the story of the eishas yifas toar. But many of the Ba'ale Musr, I think we mentioned this Ksav Sofer in our first year of the year, about 16 years ago or so, um, but the Ksav, well, we're going to add to it, Hashem, this year. The Ksav Sofer writes, as many Ba'ale Musr, the Milchama that we always read about in Parshish Kisese, which is always in Chodesh Elul, towards the beginning, is not just a physical war. It's about the war, the ultimate war that we fight uh, every day of our lives. And that is the Sahara in terms of all different pulls that we have, pulling us away, pulling us down. Just like there's a gravitational pull where every physical item is, is pulled towards physical earth, so too there is a spiritual gravitational pull that we're pulled down, we're pulled, but Baruch Hashem, we also have a gravitational pull towards the Kisiyah Coven, right? And we just have to allow that one to, to take root. But there's a war out there, we're in a battle. So, says the Ksav Sofer, when you go out to war, nearly, let me explain the Mishnah in Perkei Avos, Hillel, if I am not for myself, then who is for me? Right, I'm in source number two. And if I am for myself, what am I accomplishing? As we know, Chazal tell us, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't be giving us divine help to succeed in all areas of our life, we would not be able to be successful. There are so many challenges, there are so many um, walls that are really figurative walls in front of us that we wouldn't be able to overcome them without HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help. So a person might think, 
Shalo yeitzel amalchama mayeitzahara. Veloyasa shumis pavos lekavsho. I I I don't like battles. I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to try to hide. I'm going to hide in my ivory tower. I'm going to hide just away from it all. Ragivtach b'ashem sheyazrehu. I'm not going to not going to put on any armor. I'm going to have full bitachon and Hakadosh Baruch I'm just going to stay here and have bitachon. V'yilachim l'chamto agdola avura. Hashem will fight for me. Right. I learned the pasuk in Chumash. Right. Hashem right. Hashem yilachim l'chem. Right. Hashem will fight for you. Avala emes lokeinu says like Safelfer. It's impossible. A Jew is put. We have to recognize we're put in this world to overcome, to challenge. Kimisha choshev kain who laolam lo yichbosh as Yisro talked of. A person doesn't think. That, um, you know, he's in the battle, then he'll never be successful. The, the battle is part of life. I heard something today that, maybe I'll use in Shabbat Shuvah, so feel free those who are here to forget it. But, uh, but the, um, the Gemara tells us that the, right the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Sukkah, that the, the, Anshikas Akadola, uh, killed the Yetzirah for Avodazara. And then they wanted to do Gilearias, and they, it didn't, uh, they saw it was, it wasn't, it wouldn't be good for the world. But where, the Gemara says, the Yetzirah for Avodah came out of the, where did it come out of? The Kodesh Kadashim. It came out of the Kodesh Kadashim and it was a line of fire. So, Ezra Elav what's the Yetzirah doing in the Kodesh Kadashim? Like, let him come out of a, a base of Avodah Let him come out of a base inappropriate. What's the Yetzirah coming out of the, the Kodesh Kadashim? Because every challenge in life is there for us to overcome and bring us to the Kodesh Kadash. That's the source. The source of every Mulchama. That's part of who we are. There's nobody in life that doesn't have challenges. If it's not Parnassah challenges, and it's not family challenges, and it's whatever it is, spiritual challenges. And we have enough challenges in, our, in this generation. We don't have to look around and think there are none. We have to fight always against our Yetzer. That's the first step. You have to go out to battle. We have to, we have to, we have to get our armor. All different guards. And we can make any guards we want in terms of improving our tefillah and improving our kedusha and improving all areas of our life. But we have to know that it's a Muhammad and we have to face the Muhammad. We have to go out there and, and be ready for it. So we take the first step, we put on the armor, Hashem's going to help us. Then Hashem will help. And that's what Hillel said in Pirkeiavos. If I don't take that first step, if I don't go to the battlefield, I try to stay, stay home and think that it's all going to be good without facing the challenges, so then, if a person doesn't do it, he doesn't stand up. Me who who's going to help? Nobody's going to help if a person doesn't take the first step. Ukshani, that's me. And when I take the first step, I recognize it's not just me. I'm not there alone. Only when a kaddish baruch who helps. Remember the Rav Dessler? Dessler also talks beautifully in his Kuntras HaBechira, one of the more well-known thoughts, but that's where Rav Dessler says, we all have a Bechira point in life. You know, hopefully many of us, like, like do we have Bechira to eat kosher? Do we have Bechira to, um, 
you know, to um, do certain things that hopefully are are automatic to us. We, in, in a general way, but hopefully many of us don't wake up and, and wish we could have a cheeseburger. We're beyond that. That's not the point of the battlefield, Rav Dessler says. A battlefield, the lines keep moving back and forth. That's behind us. What about waking up every night and morning for the base of Migdash al-Khatzos? We probably don't have that as our Bechira point either. That's further ahead. We're not there yet. But there are certain things on the battle point. That's our, that, that's our battle, but we have to recognize that. And we have to face the battle and try to move the chains, right? Move the, move the lines further and further. Get more behind us. Um, so says the Ksav Sofer. Says that's, that's what, that's what life's about. Meeting the challenge. When I get older, that's when I'll focus. No. Every Elul. Every El, Hashem will meet us. Hashem will help us. Wherever we have a challenge, we have to know that it's there for a reason. Whether it's in a Midah, we all have challenges in our patience and in our anger and in our um, thinking of others, whatever it is. Let's go out and and be successful. But we have to know that we have to go out, take the first step, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, will, uh, will help us along the way. Continuing that mashal, this is a thought later on in the parsha. But it has to do with uh, with the milchama and the and the mashal for life. That's why I put it here. There's a, a halachas later on uh, relating to milchama. The mitzvah later on in Parach of Gimel, Torah tells us, When you are fighting a battle, we have to keep a kadosh and a tahar battlefield. Special. Um, you know, when one relieves themselves, one has to go outside the camp. All the different details of uh, of the tools and the the setup of a battlefield in in halacha. So, if you look at the Lubavitcher Rebbe in source number three, describes two ideas about the army, and he says these two ideas are crucial in any army to be successful and functioning. And if any of these two ideas are violated, then the whole integrity of the army is is at risk. And then he's going to relate it to, classic, Tzivos Hashem, right? The army of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which, uh, which we all, are all, are all part of. Um, so again, it's a little bit different in terms of the thought about fighting the Eight Sahara, but it's also a mashal of a milchama, and we are on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's side. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, what makes servicemen particularly receptive to the basic approach of Torah to, to Judaism, what's the comparison between, um, a soldier in the army, First of all, the very basic principle upon which the military depends, obedience and discipline in the execution of an order by his commanding officer. If I get a pukuda, if I get a instructions from up top, I listen. What if I don't understand it? I listen. This is what the decisions are. Even though in civilian life, a private may be superior to his commanding officer, maybe somebody lower on the totem pole. You know, if my employee, if my employer asks me to do something and I don't understand it, maybe I can question them. Um, I might lose my job, but um, it's, you know, it, one might question. The order must be, but if the order in the army must be, it must be executed promptly, whether or not the soldier understands its significance. Nasa Benishma. When we're in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's army and we act 
based on what he says. And as it says in Perkei Avos also, Asei Ritzon Cha Ritzono, his Ratzon becomes our our Ratzon becomes his Ratzon, that's, 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 that's the, that's obedience. And that's what's, that was the, the greatest moment of, of national clarity that we all said that together at Harsinai. So that's, that's a parallel to the, to the army, uh, mushal as well. We have to make sure that we have that Nasev and Ishma, um, attitude. But number two, a further basic point on line 11 now in military life is that a soldier cannot argue that his personal conduct and whether or not he obeys an order is his private affair. And he is prepared to suffer the consequences. I don't want to, and okay, I'll, I'll take a hit. Everybody's, you're on a team. Right? You're, all, you're conquering a mountain. If you decide to not go, that's going to affect the entire team. That's going to put the entire exercise in peril. Because everybody's depending on you. You're all in this. You're all of a job. Whether he realizes it or not, his conduct may have implications for his entire unit and all the military. In case of emergency or war, the personal conduct of a single soldier, right? A, a driver, a shooter, a scout, any position could affect the outcome, could very seriously affect his platoon and brigade and division and the entire military operation, the whole army and the whole country. Decisions aren't personal. Decisions are an individual. They affect everybody around. It is of vital importance to the whole army, sometimes even in times of peace. And says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, every Jew's actions affect every other Jew's actions. Because we are all in Sivos Hashem. We are all in the army of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Applying the analogy to Jewish life, it becomes quite evident how vitally important is every Jew's commitment to Torah and mitzvahs in his personal life. Right? We have no idea. The hashpa. Right? They have the, the, one of the pshatim of din v'cheshbon. Right? We say in uh, Pirkei Avos. Right? Again, us, they would have to stand din v'cheshbon in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So all the Mepharshim asks, what's din and cheshbon? So many different pshatim. Din what we did, cheshbon what we could have done. But one pshat is din what we did, cheshbon, is how, what we did, how affected everybody around us. Right? He's going, our life... And everybody's life who was influenced by us. Din and Cheshbon. Because everything we do. Right? They tell the story of the... Uh, again, it must be true. Everybody says it. But they tell the story about the... Um, the I, th- I heard it as a man from Texas that was not uh, Shomer Torah Mitzvahs that went to, the, to, to visit Israel and he went to the Kotel and he uh, saw a religious Jew davening his heart out, davening with Kavana and... And he looked at him and he was so inspired. He's like, wow, look at, look at this Orthodox Jew. Look how he's connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when he got back to Texas after his trip, he walks into the Orthodox shul where he had never been there. And he says to the Orthodox Rabbi, I want to give a big donation. He's like, Why? Because I was very inspired. I was just in Israel and there was somebody praying at the Western Wall. And, you know, he inspired me. Here's a check for blank. A lot of money. When that Jew at the Kotel goes up to Shemaim after 120 years and they say, wow. You know what you did for that man in Texas? He says, I was never in, I never heard of Texas. I was never in Texas. I know what you're talking about. I don't have a cowboy hat. I don't. He said, no, he said, no, we have it on record. You're Cheshbon. You're Din and you're Cheshbon. Because that's, that's part of the arm. Whatever we do has an effect. Whatever we do has an effect. 
Applying the analogy to Jewish life again, it becomes quite evident how vitally important is every Jew's commitment to Torah and mitzvahs in his personal life and spreading Yiddishkeit to the fullest extent of his influence. Like we said in the first thought about Shomeah, not being deaf to ourselves. It may be added that Jewish people live in a state of emergency. What with the general atmosphere of trends and ideas which are inimical to the Torah way, right? It's, there's a fire burning out there. We all have to save each other. We have to save each other. In other words, every Jew must consider himself a soldier in God's army. It's not enough for the little children who used to get uh, Tzivos Hashem cards in the days of old. But we are all Tzivos Hashem still and be on a constant alert to spread the light of Torah and mitzvahs until the time when Kodesh Baruch whose glory will be revealed and everything will be clear and everyone will be inspired. But again, that is the two mashalim of the battle, the Ksav Sofer at the beginning of the parsha of going out to battle, we have to face it, and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, A, Nasev and Ishma, right, and B, the effect of each other and the unit, because we are all, we are all one unit. Okay. Moving right along to the Chaye Moshe. That's where Moshe Bick, who was a Rav in New York, beautiful Sefer we've quoted from before, the Chaye Moshe. So a little bit later in the Parsha, now we go back, um, is one of the more discussed mitzvahs, and that's Shiloh HaKan. Shiloh HaKain, Shiloh HaKan. Right, the sending away of the mother bird. Let's review. What does the Torah tell us? Ki ikari kan lefanecha. When there is a bird that you happen upon. Ki ikare. Right, Rashi quotes, we'll get to this soon. Prala mizuman, excluding one that is mizuman, one that is uh, right in front of you. You didn't happen upon it. That's a big shayla if it's in Rishus HaYachid, if it's on your windowsill. You're on the road, anywhere. Little chicks or eggs. And the mother is hovering on the chicks and the, egg, and the eggs, or the eggs. Don't take the mother. Don't take the mother. Or don't take the eggs without showing away the mother. Different shatim in the Gemara, what, what exactly you're not allowed to do. But we know what you're, what you should do. Shalach to shalach Shoo away the mother. Besabanim tikach lach. And then you could take the children. Laman yitav lach. Farach to yamim. Arichaz yamim, as we know, Chazal tell us, this is one of the mitzvos that the Torah tells us. Chazal tell us more, but the Torah tells us, Arichaz yamim. You have it here by Shiloh Hakan. You have it by Kibbutz Avaim. You have it by, by honest weights and measures later on in the parsha. So if you look at the Chaim Moshe, he quotes a couple of midrashim. The Vedrish tells us, Ma'u shalech to shalach ha'sa'im, right side, im kiyamta mitzvazu atam emaher regel shel melech ha'mashiach, shekosev bo shiluach. Doing this mitzvah helps bring Mashiach. Not just in general that every mitzvah we do puts a brick, but there seems to be a direct connection, excuse me, between this mitzvah and Mashiach. Minayin shenemar, Mishalchei regel hashar the pasuk in Yeshayo, and that's referring to Mashiach ben Yosef. He's called Shor, and Yosef and Mashiach ben David called the Chamar. Okay, whatever the pesukim, the remez is. But what does this mitzvah have to do with Mashiach and Geula? Davar Acher, Amar Rebbe Tanchuma, Im Kiyamta Mitzvah Azos Atamamaher Es Elio Anavi Zal Sheyavo. Also. The day before Mashiach, Eliyahu Navi, Shekasaboshi Luach, it also uses the Lashon of Shalech to Shalach, Hineya Nochi Sholech Lochem. That's Eliyahu Navi. Xerashava. Xerashava, so Eliyahu Navi. 
Hu yavov yanachim eschem, he will come and comfort you. Shunemar v'heshev levov v'sabana. V'hikshu kala mafarshim and ask b'chayim Moshe, all the mafarshim ask. Bameh olsa mailas mitzvah shiluach hakan. How is this mitzvah raised up amongst all other mitzvahs? Shuing away the mother brings Mashiach. Shuing away the mother brings Eliyahu Navi. And again, I'm not poskening now in terms of doing this. There were a big shilas. Many people look around for Shiloh Hakan. Uh, oh, there's one over there, there's one over there. They're trying to do it. Skula, skula, skula. Ari Chazyamim. The greatest skula there is is just to do mitzvahs. There is a shilah in the postgame if there's any mitzvah at all, if you don't want the eggs, really. You're just doing it for the skula. Right, the big shilah. And many shilah, generally, most don't make brachas in most cases because the question is, you might not want it, and is it the type of bird that uh, it applies to, and various shilas. But, but again, at least in, in theory, doing it, if it's a, it's, a, it's a mitzvah situation, so then it leads to Mashiach, it can bring Mashiach and Elio Navi, what is the connection? It's not such a hard mitzvah. Right, the Gemara even calls it a mitzvah kala as compared to Kibbutz of Aim. So what is it about Shiloh HaKan that is so special? So the Chaim Moshe builds his whole idea based on the first two words of the section. Ki yikare. Ki yikare. Rashi quoted Pratla Mezuban. What does that mean? You happened upon it. You happened upon it. All of a sudden, it was there. You're in the forest. You're walking, and you see a you see a bird with a nest. So something happened that was mikra. Something happened that was what we would call just a, a happening, a coincidence. You happened upon it, and what do you do? You act with a recognition that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. So we take mikra, and we don't do what we want naturally. Take the mother, take the eggs, not showing away the mother. We take a mikra situation, and we act in a way that we acknowledge it's not mikra. And that's the goblets of the mitzvah. Let's read it. V'yimkein. Nire ha'adam. It appears to the person, it would appear, shemikra yikra lefanav. Oh, I happened upon this bird. I happened upon this uh, nest. But we know there's no such thing. There's no mikra in the world. Mikra gematria sofik gematria amalek. Right? There's no mikra in the world. Right? Everything is from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Might not be um, exactly, but uh, it's not perb now. We're going to focus on that. A little bird won't be caught unless it was decreed from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If you feel what appears on the surface to a person that it just happened, it just occurred, it was a mikreh. In front of you, it looks like mikreh. But deep down, you should know it's not. On the outside, it looks like mikreh. Ain't a mikra, top of the middle. And that's why the Torah says, to teach us. You can't do whatever you want to these birds. Recognize this is a situation from Akadish Baruch. You have to, so to speak, give something back to heaven to reflect your recognition. 
shoo away the mother. Send the mother to the Shemayim. And says the Chayim Moshe, that's our Ikra Voda in life. To recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu in all areas of our life. To engrave in our heart. Right, to recognize that Hashem is deeply involved. He's behind everything. He's behind Pratis, he's behind Klalis. He's behind personal events. Again, we also, we have Bechir Chavshis. But he's behind the events that happen to us or around us. He relates it to what we just said. Hashem gives it over. Hashem is behind. He's the Chayim. Skip a couple of lines. 26. Now we understand. That brings Geula. It brings Mashiach. Why? Why are we still in Galus? Because we still don't recognize that everything's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why we still fight with each other. And that's why we have, no, we have anxieties. We all had that clarity of vision that we'd act in a certain way. And we'd be Zoha to all the brachos, aksuvos, betoro menadiyim, ubashkacha pratis askala olamos kulam, but we say, we take the credit. We think we are creating the uh, realities around us. And we do all the Ishtadlus to bring the Gula. We have to do a, a somewhat Ishtadlus. But we have to recognize this all from HaKadosh Baruch and that's why that it ends off the section of Hazel Shisiamakasov, Laman Yitavlach, if you feel Shiluah Hakan, which is taking the mikra and making it hashkacha. Taking the mikra and, and mixing around the letters, like some say, Rak Me Hashem, but the letters mikra, right? If we could do that, so then Laman Yitavlach, that'll be the ultimate good. The Hadam Amaman Bashkacha Yisbarach Yodeya Shein Shumra, we know as the Pasuk says in Echa, Bipiel Yom Latetse Haroz Vatov. And he quotes the story of Reb Zusha, who says, He had Raktov, he doesn't know, he wished he understood what Rai is. He only had Tov, he had nothing. He had nothing, but he, he only had Tov. So that's Geula, that's Elio Anavi. And he says at the end now, just in the bottom left, he says, He says, maybe you could also, Alderach Drush, send away the mother, Vesabonim Tikachlach. And then the children, who are the children? We are the children. We are the children. Or we're called Banim at the time of Geula. Like the Pasuk says, in Yermio, we say it, we, we say it in Rosh Hashanah. Or the will take the Banim and take us which is by Elio Anavi, the end of Malachi, uh, and that's the connection between Shiloh Hakan and Geulos and Yeshuos. We could try to have that recognition even without Ki Kare. Everything in life is Ki Kare. You get a spot, you don't get a spot. 
Right, whatever it is, ki kare, it's all from Akarish Baruch. Okay. Moving right along. Make. Again, there's so much to talk about. Even if we would give every mitzvah one minute, we wouldn't fit it into an hour. 74. So pick and choose each year. The Pasuk tells us, we build a new house, we have to put up a, uh, a fence around the roof. And do not have blood in your house. A number of years ago, we spoke um, about Mordechai Eliyahu had a, has, a, has a thought in this passage, if you remember. When you have a house of dreams... You should have very high dreams, but put a fence. Make sure they're realistic. Don't set a, a, um, a roof too high. You can't, you can't make it too low. It's got to be a roof. It's got to be a roof. But you got to put a fence on the roof. Because if you set, if you set uh, the dreams too high and you don't get it, then, then there can be tragic consequences. So that was Ramor Chaliyah a couple of years ago. We mentioned that. But this year we'll see from Rav Salvechik in source number five. One of the themes that Rav Salvechik loves to talk about in many of his writings um, in every safer of his, you'll find this somewhere. I mean, that's a generalization. But um, one word, vulnerability. Right? you got to put up a fence. Why do you have to put up a fence for? If a Kodesh Barakha wants a person to fall off, he'll fall off. If a Kodesh Barakha doesn't want him to fall off, he won't fall off. No, no, ma'akeh, the mitzvah of ma'akeh, and the mitzvah of removal of danger from one's property reflects the vulnerability of man. Reflects the fact that there's so much that could happen to us. And we're not the balabayas. We're not the balabayas on our lives. We're not the balabayas in anyone's lives. Says Rev Salvechik. In the halacha, the principle of the vulnerability of man plays an important role. Right, remember he says, the Rambam says you have to dive in every day. I, the Rambam, Ban says only be Sara, but the Rambam says every day is an Sara. Because the, vulner- the state of vulnerability of man, we have to have that that idea that, right, who knows, who knows what would be. Remember the Gemara, I like to quote Gemara Baba Basra in the Rabbi Barachana stories, right? All of those stories, some of them seem to be literal, some of them not. So one time he tells a story that one time he was on a boat and, uh, he and his friends saw an island and they got off the boat. They said, okay, let's go have lunch there. So they left the boat, they swam to shore and they started uh, setting up shop. They cut some wood and they started making a fire and they started having a barbecue for lunch and all of a sudden the island starts shaking and all of a sudden there starts and they're like, what's going on? All of a sudden, they jumped off. They started swimming towards back to their boat, which was close, thank God, he says, or else we wouldn't have survived. And they realized that the island wasn't an island, but it was a huge sea creature that was turning over. And when it got hot, you know, it, it flipped over. Sometimes life appears like an island. But in a, in a millisecond, it could, it, could, it could be a sea creature. Right? That's, that's the vulnerability. The vulnerability of man. And that's what the mitzvah of Makkah. you got to take precautions. We have many laws pertaining to safety. Our code is replete with them. These laws are rooted in the notion of human exposure to the so-called accident. Not only the body is vulnerable, but the human spirit too is vulnerably exposed. Right? We, we, we're vulnerable physically, mentally. Right? We're vulnerable. If somebody says something to us, if we go through uh, a situation, a trauma... The vulnerability of spiritual man, the spirit, the human intellect, the human fantasy are exposed to all kinds of pressures and influences. You had to build a fence. Man is vulnerable both as a physical being and as a spiritual personality. So you might think, before we read the next line, so this is, you know, Nebuch. Nebuch were vulnerable. Nebuch, you know, we have to take precautions. 
Says the Rav, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a Bidyevid being. L'Charchilo, we weren't supposed to be vulnerable. No. This is, this is part of who we are and it's part of our essence and part of our tafkid. And being vulnerable is good for us, in a sense, because it brings to humility. The vulnerability of man is more than just a tragic truth. It is an ethical halachic postulate. It's a good thing. The awareness of vulnerability, to say that in layman's English, the awareness of vulnerability, of being exposed, engenders many ethical virtues, among which the most important is humility. Man must practice humility. Pride and vanity are both degrading and corrupting. Humility is perhaps the highest ethical value. Right? The Rambam has it. Right? He emphasizes it. I saw Rambam this week. Again, maybe it should be more famous. But the Rambam in the Pirish Mishnayis on the Mishnah Ma'od Ma'od Havishval Ruach from Reb Levitas, the Rambam says, on one extreme is Gaiva, Gasas Ruach, And what would we say the other extreme? Anava. He doesn't say that. The Rambam has Gasas Ruach on one extreme, Shiflus. Lowliness on the other extreme, and another right in the middle. Moshe meaning, meaning humility doesn't mean I'm a nothing. Humility has self-worth. I just recognize that it's not from me. It's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And any kochas I have. But humility is the balanced. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was the Anna Mikal Adam. But he knew somebody was Moshe Rabbeinu. He spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, pal, pal, and he didn't eat for 120 days on Har Sinai. But he knew it was all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Human pride and arrogance, back to the rub, disappear the moment man becomes aware of his vulnerability and of the suddenness with which fortune changes. This awareness is cathartic, cleansing. It's positive. It is an awareness that ennobles man and has a redemptive impact upon him. Humility is the expression of that awareness. If we think we're the bilem, right? Humility, the years, if you remember, Rahman al-Itzlan, of, of Corona, those who thought they were in charge and that the bilam on their lives were the most affected. Those who could have some humility and recognize that there's a Baal Habira could deal with it a little. And maybe the whole situation gave us more humility in terms of recognizing that Kodesh Baruch Hu is, in, is in charge. Okay. Moving right along to, there are a number of halachas in our parsha relating to Marriage, we have marriage, we have divorce, and we have Shana Rishona. The mitzvah of Shana Rishona, first year, source number six, you have the Pasa quoted there. Right, he's Naki for a year, I think Rosh Zalman said, if you look closely in the Pasuk, it says, he's home for a year, and that's his tour, that's just for one year. But the rest of his life, the Simachazishto Shalokah, that's not limited by one year. Right? The Simachazishto, making one's wife happy, that's, that's forever. Says the Eladvarim of Schlesinger, he named Yesod Habria Anulamedim. From the Yesod Habria, we learn, Shemok Kamosha Maoras Nibrukim Shavim. Right? The constellations, the sun and the moon, were created equal. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and, the, and the moon came to Kaddish Baruch Hu. You can't have two Malachim doing the exact same thing. The sun and the moon can't do the exact same thing. The moon complained. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu accepted it and changed the moon's function and gave him some stars to um, to accompany him. But so too, the Baal and the Isha, the husband and the wife, are not meant to be the exact same person. 
אינם יכולים להשתמש בכסר אחר באופן שווה, אלא יכולים הם לזחלק במעיין שותפס. There's a loving partnership. בעבודת החיים, in the avoda of life. And it starts under the chuppah. Klomar says the Eilat Dvarim. B'miskeres hachayim mishutafim kolechem yudezuk tafkidim yuchadim lo. In every marriage, in every couple, works out the various responsibilities, but they don't have the exact same responsibilities, or the exact same privileges, or the exact same opportunities. Every person, every husband and wife, are have different talents and different milas and chesronos. Different things I'm good at, different things I'm not good at. Different things that my wife is, 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 is better at. So says the Eila Hadvarim. Michad Amru Chazal Ezu Ishak Sheira shows her its own bylaw. On the one hand, who is an Ishak Sheira? That she follows what her husband wants. But what does it also say? That the husband has a chiyav to be mechabit his wife even more than he's mechabit himself. So how is it? So it's a partnership. Even in halacha. He even quotes the halacha. Right, the halach is that if you have simcha that happens to yourself, you say a shechianu. You say a shechianu on, on good tidings. But if it's shared with someone else, then it's a hatova hametiv. So the halach is if it's shared a husband and wife, you could say hatova hametiv. They count as two in this regard. Right, even though you might say legally it's one bank account and ishto kagufo balk ishto, but for hatova meitiv there too. Why? Because even the halacha reflects there too. It's somewhat of a partnership, as he says that halacha reflects. It's a partnership that started out as a unit, that is and was a unit. He quotes from kabbalistic sources, the Rishis Chachma on the bottom of the page. Line 30, quoting from the Zohar. At the beginning of time, the neshamas of a husband and wife were connected. They were one unit, one neshama. Then they're separated and they come back together. Bishas marriage. That's why the Gemara says, call them Shein Lo Isha, Eino Adam. If a person is not an Isha, he's not an Adam, he's not a complete person. Because half his neshama is not connected anymore. Zachar and Akeva Bura'am. So we're two halves of a unit, but we're not... The two halves aren't mirror images of each other. As he continues and says, in any partnership, the partners all share the responsibilities and share the privileges. Line 7, Roy Lehosef, Ki shudfiz eina ba'achrach shivyon z'chuyos. It's not exactly the same equal privileges. What's on the husband's shoulders, what's on the wife's shoulders. But the greatest marriages and the greatest relationships are when each of them, each of the parties involved, you know, focus on the chazal that pertains to them. The husband focuses on the mechabda yoser migufo, and the wife focuses on oser ritzon baila. And if the focus is constantly the giving and the other, so then that's a partnership that would be successful and uh, will be um, able to stand the test of time. And he ends off by saying, he says, that's again said by many, I think the Marsha says this also in Ksubis, he says, V'nir lavi od raya, to this idea, V'yisham ikach achaz mitzalosav, right, Isha was taken from, from uh, Adam's ribs, and that's how, obviously, he was created. Why couldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu just create Isha just like he created every other pair of animals? 
He created a male and a female lion, and a male and a female elephant, and a male and a female giraffe, and a male and a female everything. So why couldn't he create a male and female human? No, only one human. And from that one human, he took the other human and then created her. Says the, here the Eladvar, I'm quoting from the Sefer Tuvtam, because we always have to remember we came from the same source. And we end up being the same source. She has to be a part of him. Again, it had to be one or the other. He has to be a part of her. She came from him and he came from her. And if they have that attitude, and if we have that attitude, so that's, that's um, ingredients for a healthy and loving and long-lasting marriage. Okay. Last thought for this, uh, for this evening from Rav Schwab. So we have towards the end of the parsha. And Perach of Dalid, Pasuk Yudches. Pasuk Yudches. Pasuk Yudzayin first. Lo sate mishpat ger yasom. A person should not twist or take advantage of the mishpat ger yasom. A convert orphan. Convert orphan. Just parenthetically, not our topic now, but if you look in the Balaturim on this Pasuk. He quotes ger yatom. This is the source in Shas, the Gemara never quotes a source for this, and the Chassam Sofer wonders, what is the source for this halacha? Gershon is Shinola Dami. A convert is not related anymore. He's like a child that's born. Gershon is Garekat Shinola Dami. So the, the Balaturim says, it's alluded to this Pasuk. Lo Sateh, don't twist the Mishpat of a Ger Yatom. Ger is a Yatom. A Ger is looked at as an orphan because he's not related. So that's uh, a Remez. So I don't know if the Chassam Sofer had the Balaturim, but that's what the Balaturim uh, says on this Pasuk. But anyway, Do not take as a security the beggar of a widow. And right after these Psukin that talk about don't take advantage of the underprivileged and the ones who are um, potentially able to take advantage of, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And Hashem redeemed you from there. That's why I command you this. What is this mitzvah of not taking advantage of those who are you know, a little more susceptible? Right? What does that have to do with remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Okay, because we were underprivileged. Okay, maybe. But maybe there's a deeper idea. Rav Schwab, though, first quotes, there are four mitzvahs where we have this lashon. Remember you were Avadim in Mitzrayim, and therefore, and you were uh, and you were redeemed. So equal, I wrote the, I, I numbered them. You see, number one, as we just said. Number two, later on in the parsha, by Matnasaniim, by giving gifts to the poor, like a chicken payah, right? Give uh, also. We have there, right? I command you uh, this when we talk about uh, the Olos by the Kerem. Number three in parshas Veschan and Shmir Shabbos. And finally, in Parshas Re'eh, by Ha'anokas Eved, by giving severance to an Eved when he doesn't no longer works for you. So what do all these have in common? So Rav Schwab says, when we have to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we always focus on Kodesh Baruch taking us out, which is true, and that's what we're supposed to focus on. But there's another element that we should focus on. Another element and maybe that will help us at least directly by three out of four and then the fourth. Three out of four are all about dealing with the underprivileged. Right? Number one in our part, Mishpat Ger Yasom, Aniyim, and Hanukkah's Eved, giving severance to an Eved. 
Beer Hadover, says Rishwab. Shibizikron Shibud Mitzrayim. Eino Inyan Lizkar Rak. Ha'inuyim Ha'gedolim Ha'yisurim Amarim. Not, don't only remember the terrible suffering and the great bitterness. Vavodas Ha'perach and the backbreaking labor. Shinemar Vayimaras Chayeim. That's not the only thing that you should, um, remember. But remember, Ha'yuharbe Mi Yisrael She'kiblu Es Ha'yisurim Ba'ahava. They didn't give up hope. They were waiting for the day that somebody said, Some, not all, maybe the four-fifths that died in Choshech didn't have this attitude. But the ones that came out, they had this, they didn't lose hope. And in difficult times, they kept a positive attitude. The Golam Chai. Like we know, the Nashim Sidkanios, right? The Gemara in Soto Yud Aleph. The men were going to give up hope. The, the women, the optimistic women went out. They had children. They were with their husbands out in the fields, remember? And Akash Baruch gave a nace, and the children were swallowed up by the ground until they got old enough to go back. So Akash Baruch Hu says, by these mitzvahs, remember those that had the emuna. And kept the faith in hard times. Don't make it hard for these people going through tough times to have emuna. Don't make it difficult for them. Give them something positive, right? Don't twist their judgment. Don't take a security from an almana. Make sure you give enough to the eved. And even Shabbos, because Shabbos, part of Shabbos is your eved has to rest on Shabbos. Ben Hager, your Evid also rests on Shabbos. So by all these mitzvahs, Rav Schwab is saying, Yisias Mitzvah, remembering Yisias Mitzrayim is not just about remembering the, the hardships, and also not just remembering HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Geula, like we talk about in, in the Birchas Kriyashma, but to remember also the top left. gam sham You also strengthen yourself. Shalot tazov betroncha v'tucha l'kabala yisurim ba'ava. Encourage these people that are that are going through difficult times. They could do it. Give them chizik. Don't twist their judgment. Thirteen. All of these. Remember the faith that we had. And again, every every thought in Chodesh Elul relates to to our uh, to our time of year. Right? Whenever anybody's going through a hardship, it's our job to try to lift them up. It's our job, if we're, we ourselves, to try to have that inner faith, that, that, uh, that strength of spirit that, uh, that was yarshined by us from our forefathers in Mitzrayim. And by the in that way, if we keep that faith, just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought them out of Yitzhiyas of Mitzrayim, we daven again in this last month of Tavshin Pei Gimel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should take us out and bring us a year of Geula and Yeshua. Okay, we'll stop here. Baruch Hashem, we are back in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, next week we'll pick up with Kisavo.